In today's episode, I'm talking about the love languages in business. Over my life, there's been a few significant teachings and books and resources that have made a difference in my life, both personally and professionally. And one of those books, which has been around quite a few decades now, is by Gary D. Chapman in his work called The Love Languages. And he's done, he's done them from a family point of view, relating to kids, uh, romantic relationships. Uh, but the principles involved in it can also be used in any kind of interaction with another human being. And in fact, my theory is that even animals have similar love languages. Now, Gary Chapman divides these love languages into five different areas. And there's a quiz you can do, a profile you can do, and you'll you'll work out your primary love language, and then there'll be probably a second and a third. But it's not about demanding everyone relates to you in your love language. I find it more helpful when you discover what other people's love languages are and then giving them love and attention in their primary love language. I'll give you some examples. Growing up, my mum was a type of person who found Christmases and uh, birthdays to be her most, I guess, enlightened time of the year. It's where she lit up and where she really came into her own. She would spend a lot of time gathering gifts, wrapping gifts. And even now, I remember at a time when I was at university and I worked in the stationery department of, of, of a big department store. And I worked for a while in the gift wrapping department and my mum thought that was incredible <laughs> because I was getting to wrap presents in, with beautiful papers and beautiful ribbons all day long and uh, I think I was about 19 at the time and she just it, 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 I just remember that as a, a highlight of my working time through my mum's eyes but mum loved to give gifts and she also loved to receive gifts move on a few decades I can remember when I lived overseas and my brother lived interstate and we weren't nearby mum so apart from phone calls the only real way to express uh, our relationship our love for our mum was to send her gifts and as we got older and the kids were getting older I remember my brother and I sort of mutually decided without telling mum that we would stop sending gifts to each other and maybe send a card but just a text and a phone call that would be fine And so we'd made this decision on behalf of mum. And uh, my gut feeling was, oh, it wasn't quite the right thing to do. And there was some vague remembrance of including her, but she swore she never was a part of that conversation. And I can remember her being quite upset that we'd made this decision that there were to be no gifts. And uh, I'd... I discovered pretty quickly that I needed to renege on that and still send her gifts every Christmas, every Mother's Day and every birthday because it meant so much to her. And I even remember visiting her once I'd moved back to the same country as her, visiting her and she hadn't yet received anything for Mother's Day off my brother. And she was making quite a a fuss about it without trying to be a bother. 
and I could see there and then it was about the gifts. Now, she usually gave us gifts that really we didn't want. And I can remember growing up, my brother and I would get very sly in making sure that if we were watching television with mum or flicking through a magazine, that we did not express interest in anything that we saw. Because you guaranteed if we'd go, oh, that looks nice, you would get that wrapped up for your next birthday. So uh, gifts was really important to my mum. And she felt valued when people gave her gifts. And her love language was very easy to see because she gave everybody she knew gifts, even if uh, there was some distant, you know, contact with them, she would still give them the gifts. My dad, on the other hand, his love language was acts of service. And he's still that way today as an 83, well, 84-year-old man. When he comes to visit, his first thing is to put on his work boots and his work clothes and he'll get out his work tools and he'll go fix things, even things that I didn't know were broken. And he's always been like that. He has, he will be always doing his chores first, does the chores first, does the cooking, does the cleaning, does the fixing before any relaxation time, any fun time, any relationship time. And so it's very important for him to do those acts of service. And I remember growing up, him being a little bit uh, upset at times because he couldn't see how we didn't understand that you know, he was showing his love through the things that he did for us, these, these chores and these acts of service that he would do for us. And for him, that was showing love. And quite frankly, it didn't matter much to the rest of the family because their love languages were different. Now, of course, as an adult, I appreciate my father coming in doing those chores. But honestly, it's not my number one language. But I, because I understand that it's his, I can appreciate him in, an old, in a whole new level. So as I said, it's important to think of the love languages as, as something you do or be for someone else rather than demanding people give you your love in your love language. Of course, it's lovely if we both understand who it's mutual and we're, we're expressing our love in the form that we that we want, you know, other people express love in the form that we want it. But most important, I want to get across to you that learn to identify those, the people in your world's love languages and give, express love to them in their love language. And if you go the opposite way, you can see that wounds can come when we get the opposite of what our love language is. So let me go through the love languages briefly, and then we'll move on to the application in marketing and with our clients and with our staff. So what are the five love languages? Well, the first one is words of affirmation. Now, this is about words. It's about encouraging words, appreciation, compliments, and it could be expressed in sending a text, an email, or a card. It's where there's genuine affirmation and validation and often. I'm a words of affirmation person. I would much prefer to get a card with a genuine message of affirmation. Uh, at, I call it love, but uh, affirmation and encouragement than a gift. I often say to those in my family, I'd much prefer a lovely card where you've written something beautiful on it than, than a gift. I really don't remember the gifts, but I remember the cards. 
So that's what you should do. What shouldn't you do with people who, who have words of affirmation as their primary love language or harsh words or criticism that's not constructive or not recognising someone's effort or saying thanks? Uh, I'll give an example. Uh, Christmas cards that are just generic. I love Christmas cards that have a personal message in them. The ones that just say Merry Christmas, love, Joan, really, it's why bother? Why bother? Whereas for someone who, who has, uh, say, receiving gifts, then as their love language, they would appreciate the actual act of getting a card. Whereas for me, I'm like, well, what's the point if you're not going to write something that's nice on the inside? Now, I'm a mature adult, so I appreciate what they're doing. But what really uh, you know, ticks the box for me is when it's an encouraging personal message. So that's words of affirmation. Now, quality time is the next love language. Now, this is, well, the uninterrupted and undivided attention. This is when you're with someone, you're giving them their, you know, your undivided attention, your 100% presence. It's one-on-one, you know, time and meaningful conversations, going for a walk or planning a special moment together. It might be a mother and son date, it might be a daddy and daughter date, it's actually having that special moment together. It's not even necessary about the conversation that takes place or the gift that you might give them, uh, you know, or the or, or the hug that you might give them, it's actually spending quality time or having special dates or trips together. And some families that I think, think that do it well are those that recognise their children that do need that time and so they'll have time with the parents on their own. And what you want to avoid with people who have quality time as their love languages is distractions or interruptions or, dare I say, the phone in your hand when you're with them, uh, you know, or multitasking at the same time. Yes, you think you're giving them, you're hanging with them, but you're not. You need to give those people quality time. Now, you can see as I'm sharing these things how all these forms of love languages are actually important to give people value and esteem and respect and love. So adopt all of these methods. However, when you can identify the people in your world, what their actual love language is, you will be able to connect with them on a whole new level. The third area is receiving gifts. It's gifts. Now, uh, people with this love language really respond to that thoughtfulness, remembering favourite uh, occasions, uh, special occasions, favourite things, you know, their flower type, their perfume type, uh, the, a certain product that they use, you know, giving a gift just because, not just because of an occasion, but just because, just because or a surprise gift. And so you want to avoid forgetting special occasions or gifts with bit of an agenda or a hidden or negative uh, purpose behind them. With people who love gifts, make sure you're using your calendar and remember those things. The fourth area or fourth love language is acts of service. I shared an example with my father before. Uh, this is where you would perhaps assist them with chores, doing the dishes, cooking the dinner, serving someone breakfast in bed, getting them a drink, making them a coffee, pitching in and helping. I know friends of mine who, if you're moving house or if you're going through a tough time, they will turn up with their bucket and their mop and their vacuum cleaner and they would 
come in and help you and honestly that is their way of expressing love to you. And some of your friends are going to respond that way as well. Don't send flowers to those people. Put on your gloves, roll up your sleeve and actually go and help them and you'll find that they feel affirmed and loved in that way. What to avoid for people with acts of services, their love language. Don't uh, over commit and so, you know, fail to feel, fulfill your promises. If you make a promise to help, definitely help them. I'm suddenly guilty as I remember times I've helped people and I've not come, I've not come through with it. Uh, doing things from a selfish act or just, you know, wanting, just sitting back and watching everybody help. And the last love language is physical touch. You know, touch that communicates, I am here and I care about you. Hugs, kisses, holding hands, a foot rub, um, you know, even tickles or affection. Uh, those things communicate, especially in a, in a uh, family situation uh, uh, or friendship situation, that, that that's love. Now, we're going to move into marketing and business at the moment. Sometimes these love languages aren't necessarily literally cap possible, capable or, or relevant or appropriate. Uh, but there is there is still ways of using those love languages in business. Now, with someone who has physical touch as their love language, you want to avoid neglect. You want to avoid uh, abrasive contact. And that would even include abrasive words, lack of physical contact at all, uh, stepping back from people. Those sorts of things will communicate that they're not lovable. So how do we apply it to business? Well, there's three real areas. There's your marketing actions, your paid clients, people who are already your clients, and also your staff, your contractors, those who help you uh, run your business, build your business. Now, how do we tell what someone's love language is? In the case of marketing, it's probably almost impossible unless you're marketing to a, a small group of people that you see often. But with clients and especially staff, the best thing to do is observe and identify. It's usually pretty clear what that what that uh, love language is. But also, I would suggest, and this is relevant for marketing too, is make sure you cover all language love language bases in your marketing and your activities with your pay clients and your staff. So cover all rounds, especially in things like uh, events or promotions or launches, whether offline or online. Try and have all touch points that uh, include words of affirmation, time, gifts, acts of service and physical touch. And that's completely possible. In a moment, I'm going to cover those five areas, those five love languages and how to apply them to business. But before we do, how are you enjoying this podcast? If you have subscribed, you'll notice that I do some short ones, some long ones, some teaching ones, some inspiring ones, and an interview with someone approximately every single week. The whole goal is to encourage you to lead your world, lead your day from the inside out, using words of affirmation, giving you some time to yourself. Occasionally, there'll be a little few gifts if you go to the website and download them, uh, uh, giving you acts of, well, acts of service in the way of helping you uh, achieve things in your business and your life and physical touch by way of a few little bum kicks when you need to and lots of virtual hugs. Corny as that is, I try and weave the five love languages in that, 
into everything that I do. Now, can I make a request for me? <laughs> Words of affirmation are really, really important, not only for me, but for the life of this podcast. You see, this podcast also needs words of affirmation. And the good thing about that is it enables more people to hear about it. It goes up in the charts in whatever platform you're using. And it also enables more people to be encouraged and to hear the the content uh, that this podcast is bringing and to hear the interviews and all the wisdom and the inspiration that is there. So I can encourage you to click on the details below or go to the website and see the, the, the process to do an online review. Words of affirmation first. So in marketing, this would express itself in giving genuine words of encouragement, thank yous, responding personally to emails and messages. I have never delegated my emails to an assistant, to a team. I like to respond personally to emails and messages, not with a stock standard response, but a personal response. It matters. It's It will cover those people who, who where words of affirmation matter. If you've got an online business, that's sometimes hard to give direct words of affirmation, although definitely you can use words, but look for personal ways to encourage. If you're responding to comments on social media, make them personal, not standard. Uh, customer reviews and testimonies are really important. It's not only for the people who give them because you are you are affirming those people of whom you're using their review or their affirm or their testimony. But it also speaks to other people with that love language. With paid clients, you can add the personal touch in many ways. Uh, With your words, use them often with text and comments. Take the time to do that. Be encouraging wherever you can. That is the one word that guides my interactions with my clients, whether it's by email or by messenger or by WhatsApp or by Facebook groups or comments on on social media is to be encouraging wherever I can. And don't make it generic. Try and make it customised to every single person as much as you can. I have a practice of sending out a personal card to everyone who joins my entrepreneurial incubator, the Lead Your World Academy. And Instead of just a stock standard reply, I personally handwrite them and try and customise it to where they're at. With staff, words of affirmation are easy to do. It takes uh, it takes thought and encouragement in texts, in cards, in giving them public verbal acknowledgement. I had a boss who really appreciated cards, handwritten cards. Uh, for various events, for various occasions, they really appreciate it. And I could see their, their downcast eyes when someone would send a generic stock reply or that they would be missed out. It was interesting to see that no matter where you are in that chain uh, of, of career or business, if it's words of affirmation, find ways to express those words of affirmation. Quality time. You could replace it with undivided attention. With marketing, it's giving one-to-one options if you can and be present when talking to them, not looking over someone's shoulder if you're there with them in present. uh, present. Don't looking over your shoulder, not looking for excuses, looking them in the eyes and, and, and slowing down your responses so that they feel that you're with them. 
Don't make people feel like a number and respond quickly to emails and messages. So not only do I try wherever possible, and we're all human, come on, but respond personally, but also respond quickly because it matters to those people who want your undivided attention. If you have an online audience, this is where things like chat services or your quick response customer service emails are important. It's why that I continue to this day give away 15 and 20 minute discovery calls when I'm doing promotions or launches because it's important for those people who want quality time to have an opportunity to have quality time. Same with paid clients. Are you giving them time to have one-to-one? Whether if you're a coach, you could do this in a group session, but make sure you're you're giving them the undivided attention when that happens and don't rush people and listen, listen, listen. With staff, it's the same. Give them opportunities to have one-to-one time with you. Invite them to events to accompany you to lunch or coffee or even on a trip. You will find you don't have to often give people pay rises, but give them opportunity to have time with you and watch the distractions and the interruptions and listen and acknowledge and nod your head. Okay, the third area, you're still with me, is receiving gifts. Now with marketing, this is pretty easy, this one. Bonuses and bundles and and competitions and discounts and coupons and remembering or acknowledging special occasions, even if they're public ones. Mother's Day, Father's Day, Valentine's, those things matter to those whose love language is gifts. Uh, With paid clients, maybe give them surprise gifts. I've worked for people that have sent books. Uh, We've not known they're coming and I've sent books before, rewards or uh, affiliate programs, cards. These things express your appreciation and your, uh, your love of clients and potential clients. With staff, I've been in companies that do not acknowledge people's birthdays or special events at all. And I was appalled. I think it really matters to have a culture where someone brings in cake, a cake on their birthday or and hands around a card for people to sign or, or collects money for a gift where you celebrate birthdays and events together. It so matters and it helps staff, it helps contractors, it helps part, it helps your team feel valued and, and cared for and loved. With acts of service, in make your marketing collateral, uh, serve them, be helpful for them. Um, have a social responsibility, maybe give to charities, make that an important part of what you do and have an environmental consciousness and actions showing that you care and that you make a difference, but make it genuine. With clients, I add things like workathons, which are a couple of hours time where I'm serving them, I'm helping them, they get work done. So we're there side by side, rolling up our sleeves, getting work done together. That really matters to people whose love language is, is act of service. I also give people video feedback on things like, or apps like Loom and Screencast, where you actually are serving that other person. It can also include things like going the extra mile and delivering, hand-delivering things or special attention with returns. That, that, the way that you deal with problems or special events matters in terms of acts of service. With staff and with team, make sure the onboarding and the induction process of a new staff is very hands-on. So many teams I see just don't have their systems or the processes set up well for new people and so people will feel lost and alone and not sure what to do next but 
for most people, it doesn't matter. But for those with acts of service, this does matter. So make sure the process is a hands-on one. Put your work boots on and help the staff occasionally. Don't be delegating all the time, but get in there, roll your sleeves up and get involved. And finally, physical touch. Now, this in a business sense is your touch points. So don't necessarily mean physical touch. And of course, it may not be appropriate to those who don't have physical touch as their love language. But think about the touch, touch points. Have you got experiences where people can physically touch your products? I worked with a company for a long time in, in England and they had classes where people could come along and use their products and feel their products. And it was very high touch. Be accessible as a brand. Have many touch points, emails, communications, communities. Create those, those arenas and those forums for having that touch point. And if you're only an online business, have things like open workshops. And honestly, I occasionally put XX on my signature. Give virtual hugs. With pay clients, I use moments well, let's call it hug the moment. So if they're sharing good news, if they're sharing wow points and, and, and wins, I take a moment to feel it and make sure that everyone does as well. We pause, we hug that moment and we acknowledge that person and we give them that, that emotional touch point, which is like a, a virtual hug. With staff, yes, you do need to be careful in this day and age, but just shaking hands occasionally. And when you shake your hands, put your other hand on top of it. That can mean so much to someone whose physical touch is important. And yet it's still, it's still safe. It's still appropriate. Add those touch points into your relationships with staff and contractors, pay clients and marketing. I think the love languages are so applicable to life, family, business, relationship with your children, with your spouse, and especially in business. So get creative in it and make sure you've got all five uh, love languages woven into the culture and the practices and the habits and the systems of your business. And if you want to know more, there's a couple... And if you want to know more, go to Gary D. Chapman's books or Google him online and you'll find a wealth of resources for all sorts of situations. I hope you've enjoyed today. I would love to know your love language and I'd love to know the creative ways that you apply this teaching to your business. Hit the details button below or go to the show notes on my website and let me know. See you tomorrow. Hey, can you do me a favor? I've got three things I'd love you to do. Number one, pause and hit subscribe right now. Then number two, share it with someone you know that needs to hear this. And number three, go and write me a review. Yeah, it's a bit of a hassle to go find what to do, but it's really worth it to get the message out. And then finally, set a goal to go for a daily walk and listen to this podcast. Because the faster we can share this message, the greater the benefits. Thanks for listening and I'll see you tomorrow.